to a Hope 103.2 podcast. Kathy was just six years old when her mother became ill with cervical cancer. The burden on the family was immense, made worse by the fact that the family living in Newcastle at the time was quite poor, Kathy tells me. Surgical techniques for this form of cancer were in their infancy in the 1970s. The only operation available was somewhat experimental and therefore expensive. As much as she wanted to live and see her four children grow up, Kathy's mum realised her options were limited. A knock on the door changed everything. Kathy's family had never been involved with a church, and yet somehow the local Baptist congregation had learned of their situation and wanted to help. A representative from the church turned up one day with an extraordinary offer. If you will allow us, said the stranger at the door, we as a church would love to pay for the operation. Naturally, the family accepted. Kathy's mum was soon in hospital and the treatment was underway. The next six months were very difficult, Kathy recalls. The four children were housed separately with friends and relatives around Newcastle. Kathy remembers she got to stay with an aunt who could afford ice cream. The church offered to look after the kids on Sundays, picking them up from their four temporary homes in the morning, taking them to Sunday school and then dropping them back in the afternoon after enjoying lunch with the pastor's family. Thirty years later, Kathy has very fond memories of those days. The operation was a success. Kathy's mum recovered well and got to see all her children grow up. Although the family attended church for a while, as the years rolled on, they began to drift away. But events like these are difficult to forget, and the impact of them impossible to predict. In Kathy's case, this Christian kindness shown to her family somehow lodged itself in her mind. Church was no longer part of her life, but from the age of six right up into her thirties, she continued to pray to the one she first met through those Newcastle Baptists. The song, Yes, Jesus Loves Me, which she learnt at Sunday school, remained with her, she says, as a kind of theme song through the ups and downs of her life. And then... Just five or six years ago, one of Kathy's children started asking her questions about Christianity and church. With such beautiful memories of Christian community, Kathy didn't hesitate to find a local congregation and start attending with her family. Suddenly, Kathy's dormant faith was reignited. The Jesus of her memory is today the Lord of her life. When Kathy tells her story of faith, she leaves you in no doubt as to what under God was the crucial factor in her journey to full faith. The kindness of those Newcastle Baptists was 100% responsible for my faith, she told me recently. How that congregation treated my family convinced me there was a God and that he loves me. Kathy is one of many throughout our churches who will attest to the remarkable and unpredictable power of what you might call the silent dimension of the promotion of the gospel, the good works of God's people. This is a theme struck again and again in God's word. One passage on this topic, which those Newcastle Baptists must have known, is found toward the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus declared to his disciples in Matthew 5.14, You are the light of the world, 
A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. For Jews in Jesus' day, the theme of the light of the world was very well known and usually interpreted as a reference to Israel's task of proving to the nations that Israel's God ruled over all. The light itself was understood to be the city and people of Jerusalem, the jewel in God's crown. One day, said faithful Jews in this period, all nations would come to the light of Jerusalem and worship God. The thought was loosely based on the Old Testament prophecy of Isaiah 49.6, which says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the nations that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. In Matthew 5.14, Jesus picks up this traditional idea of a world-saving light and he applies it to his disciples. Promoting God's salvation to the ends of the earth is not going to be the task of Jerusalem or its inhabitants, says Jesus. It's going to be the task of the disciples. They are the ones who will give light to everyone in the house. And the result of this light, in the words of Matthew 5.16, is that the people of the world will praise your Father in heaven. Now, this doesn't mean that the people of the world are just going to say, gee, thank you, God, for those lovely Christians. The word translated praise here in this verse is literally to give glory, doxadzo, which is a biblical expression for paying God the honor due to him. Jesus is saying that his disciples will be responsible for leading others to the worship of the one true God. In line with the prophecy behind Jesus' words, Isaiah 49.6, they are going to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. This is what it means to be the light of the world. But how does this light shine? What is going to win the world to the worship of God? Well, verse 16 makes it very clear. Jesus said, In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. These words are fascinating and unexpected. The Lord here insists that the world is going to be brought to its knees before God through the good deeds of his people. In the context of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapters 5 through to 7, the expression good deeds must refer to the things Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. It must refer to things like being meek, Matthew 5, 5. Showing mercy, Matthew 5.7. Being a peacemaker, 5.9. Valuing marriage, 5.27-32. Telling the truth, 5.37. Turning the other cheek, 5.39. Loving enemies, 5.44. Giving to the needy, chapter 6, verse 2. And refusing to judge others, Matthew 7, verse 1. These are the good deeds that Jesus reckons will bring people to praise our Father in heaven. I guess the question is, is that you? Are people seeing in you and me the mercy, love and meekness which gives us a way as followers of Jesus? If they are, 
Jesus himself said that such good deeds can bring others to give glory to our Father in heaven, just as my friend Kathy did as a result of the kindness shown to her by those Newcastle Baptists. And actually, just the other day, Kathy rang me in tears to tell me that after 35 years, one of her sisters has likewise just embraced Jesus. Even after decades, the kindness of that Newcastle church is still bearing fruit. Hope 103.2. Thanks for listening.